Hi there, this is Catherine Hallett from the Learn, Grow, Succeed podcast. In today's podcast, we'll be taking a look at mentoring in the first of a two-part series. Both episodes will be exploring practical tips with both mentors in part one and mentees in part two, so both of you are making the most of the time that you spend together. Before we get going, if you're new here, then welcome. Thanks for joining. You'll always find a transcript of our podcast over on the Excel Communications website, where you'll also find loads of other resources to help you develop your leadership capabilities. When you're there, do remember to sign up for our email updates if you'd like to gain more top tips and insights to developing yourself. When it comes to mentoring, some of you listening might be starting out as mentors or mentees yourself. You might be looking to support your organisation's mentoring programme, and some of you listening might never have heard of mentoring, but after listening to this, you might be itching to get involved. With that in mind, we're lucky to be joined by my friend Karen Mueller today, who is a leadership development expert and career coach, facilitator and trainer, with an extensive background in the corporate sector gained from over 16 years in senior positions in a global top 10 FTSE company. She has helped leaders from a variety of different industries, including tech, the financial services, law, retail, manufacturing, and the charity sector to develop and reach their potential. Karen has a great passion for exploring and understanding life from different perspectives, having lived and worked across many different cultures. She was born and raised in Germany and now lives in London, not too far from me, and holds a master's degree in business from Göttingen University. Karen is an accredited professional certified coach with the International Coaching Federation and sits on the board of the Institute of Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability. So without any further ado, let's get things going. Hello, Karen. Hi, Catherine. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us. It's lovely to see you. It's been a, it's been a while. I know. Time flies, doesn't it? It does. It does. So thank you for joining us today. It would be great for you to kind of give us a bit of introduction and tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I'm actually working in leadership development uh, and coaching. But um, when I think about my interest in mentoring, I think that really started got a long time ago, longer than I would like to uh, remember. So it was probably right at the beginning of my career. And um, I have spent 16 years in corporate before I actually changed changed careers and uh, went into leadership development. And I remember only one year into my management trainee program, I was asked to mentor. So this was crazy. And it felt like I can't be a mentor, right? I was always thinking of mentors as being wise owls who had done it all and seen it all and I really didn't see myself um, as that but they didn't take no for an answer and um, off I went and mentored this new guy um, from the next cohort of management trainees and um, one of the first things I probably learned is that anyone can be a mentor so that was uh, my very first lesson but at the same time I was also matched with a mentor and um, that didn't go so well I think uh, being a management trainee, I was matched with somebody really senior in the organization. So he was, I think, the finance director at the time. So one of the most senior guys. And I think we're talking late 90s. And I think mentoring was less well understood at the time. And he didn't really know what to do with me. And um, I didn't really know how to make the most of it either. So we had a few really awkward sessions and really kind of didn't really talk about anything to be honest and uh, eventually just fizzled out and um, I was quite relieved and I'm guessing that he was too so 
that was a good example how um, mentoring probably uh, shouldn't be done. And it was nobody's fault. I think he had the best intentions. It was just a um, lack of really knowing, knowing how to do it. But since then, I've had some really great mentors in my life and I've always mentored as well. So um, I've, I've seen the benefits from both sides. Since then, I've left corporate. So I now help organizations build better cultures or so, um, leadership development and uh, executive coaching uh, is, is what I do. And as part of that, I also advise organizations on their mentoring programs um, and offer, also offer training for mentors. So um, I've got a huge passion for the subject. Oh, that's so interesting to hear. And I think, you know, the listeners and myself definitely agree that you learn probably more from the less positive experiences when it comes to any topic, really, as you do from the positive ones. So it's interesting to see that you've had sort of both experiences and come a long way since then. You pose a good question at the end there, sort of talking about organisations and mentoring programmes for them. What, what are the benefits, really, for organisations for having a mentoring programme in place? Well, I, from my experience, I think the beauty of, of um, having uh, mentoring programs, um, when they run well, everybody benefits. So it really is a you know win-win-win, if you like. Um, so for, for mentees, it's probably most obvious the benefits. Of course, I mean, it's, it's such a gift to be able to benefit from somebody else's knowledge and experience, right? And, and have an opportunity to build your your skill set um, with the support of, of somebody who, who takes an interest in helping you. So broadens your horizon, you get a new perspective. Um, you often get access to new networks, new opportunities that otherwise you would never know about. So I've, I've seen it being a real accelerator to, to career progressions for mentees. Um, but, but I think mentors, and that's often maybe less obvious, I think they, they also really benefit. So uh, I think mentoring is a real leadership skill and um, especially first-time mentors, I think they're often amazed how much they can learn um, by, by really helping somebody else. So listening skills, yeah, coaching skills, I think they're both so key for, for good leadership. And as a mentor, uh, you've got plenty, plenty of opportunities to practice those. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've learned from every person that I've ever mentored. Uh, you, you, I also get a new perspective, especially when I mentor um, maybe across differences. I think then it's it's so hugely rewarding to really be, see some see the world from their perspective and be challenged in a different way as well, right? I think it's also really intrinsically motivating for a lot of people to um, to to mentor and 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 paid paid forward, right? Oh, I completely agree. And you know, from my own experience, I think it's so valuable from both sides. So I completely think it's such a valuable thing for organizations to be doing and as you say it's kind of it's a really cost effective way of people getting development opportunities as well both for the mentors and the mentees uh, within an organization and particularly you know when times are hard like they are at the moment it's such a powerful way of giving development opportunities for people within organizations from all levels for both yeah the mentors and the mentees so it's a really really important point I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, I, I guess that's the last piece of the jigsaw because for organizations, um, it's it's massively valuable. As you say, it's really cost effective. I mean, it can be pretty cheap, yeah. um, but it really contributes to to better cultures. You know, I mean, we know that there's better employee engagement, um, retention numbers improve, succession planning improves. Um, or as I touched on earlier, if you if you have mentoring pairs across differences, 
you know, it can be a real driver for diversity inclusion as well. Um, and you can really kind of start bridging that gap and really helping people understand what it's like to, to, to be very different from you, right? And work in the same organization. So plenty of reasons um, to, to look at mentoring as a, as a tool. Absolutely. And so, you know, if your organization doesn't have one, uh, have sort of a mentoring scheme set up, how can you kind of benefit from all of these things? So I think the good news is that it doesn't really require formal mentoring schemes to um, take part or to, to engage in mentoring. I think um, in my experience, it's often the informal mentoring that's actually the most powerful. Um, so when just two people decide to work together and, and, and somebody decides to take somebody under their wing as a mentor <clears throat> without being formally matched, I think that can often be the, the best and the most powerful um, matches. So I would just say be proactive, right? Start start um you know if you are if you want to mentor start for people that you really want to take under your wing look for talent that's 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 coming through the door and see um who you spot uh sometimes employee networks can be a really really good place to start get involved in those and see you know who are the people that um that you want to support um as they are they're developing and as they are building their careers so um don't 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 wait until somebody invites you formally to be a mentor is is what i would say I completely agree. And, you know, there's the other side of that as well. So if you're listening to this and you're a leader within your organization and you want to set up a formal mentoring scheme to kind of make sure that it's more wider reaching within your organization, do talk to us about um, how we can help you with that. Um, so, Karen, I know that you wanted to kind of give the listeners three top tips on um, sort of how to be a good mentor. So what would be your kind of three key takeaways for mentors? Yes, yeah, so I think I think the most important thing, um, and when I provide um, training, you know, I, I always kind of go on about this until people really um, have taken it in, um, is set <laughs> expectations and, and set boundaries. I think the, the main reason mentoring fails, and again, if I think back to my very early career experience um, with, with this finance director, I think that's where we went wrong. We, we were not clear on what we were trying to do. Um, we hadn't even talked about boundaries. So the boundaries were probably, you know, actually, you know, far too rigid um, for a good mentoring conversation. So I would always, always, always recommend to make sure that you are really on the same page, that you know, you know what you're trying to achieve. Um, you, you agree some mentoring goals. So it's not just a chat that you're, you're, you're meeting for. Um, you agree who does what, right? And my recommendation would always be the mentee should really do the heavy lifting and um, yeah. things like setting up meetings, um, maybe taking minutes if that's what you decide you want to do. Um, all that I think should really sit with the mentee in my view, because you're already giving your time and your, your expertise, yeah? And also yeah. be honest in that conversation about what you can and can't do. I think as a mentor, you need to be um, very clear how much time you can devote you to your mentee and, and what you're prepared to do to do for them yeah so that, that again there's no disappointment um along the way so that would be my first one that sounds so so accurate and i think as you said from your experience a lot of these relationships fizzle out if you don't set sort of clear boundaries and expectations from the start so it's definitely the way to make sure that you're making the most of the relationship and i think it's also sometimes um i find that people don't define an endpoint. Mm. so it almost feels like the mentoring is kind of you know a life sentence and <laughs> it shouldn't be that right I think setting setting a very clear timeline of maybe a year maybe less maybe more depending on on the mentoring goal um 
kind of focuses the mind and also means that you do have a defined endpoint at which you can both kind of, you know, um, recontract that relationship and decide whether you want to continue working together or you want to maybe just um, just finish that relationship right there. And that's absolutely fine. I completely agree. And so setting boundaries and expectations is your first tip. What would be your second tip? My second tip would be to um, build trust early on and honor confidentiality. Um, I think that is so important for, for really effective mentoring conversations. So I would suggest in your very first session, um, once you've done the expectations and boundaries and goal setting, really get to know each other and tell your story, right? Tell your story as a mentor, like, who are you? Who are you really, right? And and don't just tell them your resume. Tell them about, you know, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? How did you end up doing what you're doing? And talk about the good times you've had and the successes, but maybe also the times when it's been difficult for you and, and, and you've maybe had look to, to look to other people uh, for some help and support. So bring some vulnerability to the table. I think that makes it easier for your mentee to, um, to open up as well. I completely agree. You know, trust and vulnerability are the building blocks of really strong relationships and building a good relationship with your mentor or your mentee is is so important to the success of your relationship together. So um, moving on to your third tip, Karen, what would that be? I think the final one would be to ask lots and lots of questions. Um, so I think it's it's Steven Spielberg had a quote. I think he said something like, you know, mentoring is is, is really a delicate balance because it's not about creating someone in your own image. It's actually allowing them to create themselves, right? So it's so tempting to, to jump into advice giving pretty much immediately. And I would say, hold off, hold off. Um, I think we rarely have the full picture before we start giving advice. And as a result, our advice can be far less helpful than we think it is. So instead, ask lots and lots of questions, lots of open questions, really listen. I think they are really also the leadership skills I was talking about earlier that you can really practice here. Um, listen to understand, not to respond. Yeah. So I think that's always a nice distinction. Um, you don't need to have all the answers as a mentor. Um, you, you, your role is to first and foremost, help your mentee um, explore situations maybe more wholly and, and, and look for um, pathways and solutions that they might not have explored before. And of course you can give advice, but I would do it towards the end of a session once your mentee has, has kind of finished their exploration and their thinking first. Otherwise you might narrow them down a bit too early. So lots and lots of open questions is my third that, tip. That sounds great to me. I, one of my things is that I, I'm really quick to jump in and give advice. And one of the most powerful things I've been taught and I've learned to practice over the years is to leave room for the squirm gap so let that silence be long enough that it's a little bit uncomfortable and it will help the other person come to their own conclusion and it will mean that they will explore the answer to the question and as you say kind of come up with that themselves rather than just follow your example or your advice um, and that as you say that's the whole point of these sort of relationships all about sort of helping to develop each other. Yeah, and there's, I mean, com coming back to maybe the beginning of our conversation, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing somebody really grow um, in front of you, right? And, and you can see how your conversations contribute to them being able to, um, you know, make better decisions or make quicker decisions or, or really tackle the challenges that they want to tackle in their way, but more effectively. 
um, it's just wonderful to have a little part in that. Absolutely. I think that's why we do what we do, isn't it? So uh, exactly. make sure that we can help see each other, see others really realise their potential. So, uh, yeah, it's a really important one. So yeah. thank you so much, Karen, for those sort of key top tips for mentors. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, this is only part one of two. So this this podcast is all about top tips for mentors and we're going to do another one about top tips for mentees um both are equally important um i i think you know as a mentor or a mentee you need to make sure that you're understanding uh, the other person's perspective so do make sure you listen to both episodes and um i think these have been really helpful top tips so thank you so much karen you're very welcome thanks again for joining today watch out for part two of this series for the other side of the story if you'd like to develop your leadership style and empower your teams or fancy taking a look at some of the traits of great leaders, then do head over to our blogs or our website where there's loads of useful information to inspire you further. You can also get in touch directly by sending me a direct message through LinkedIn or through the contact form on our website. So that's it from me, Catherine. Have a fab day wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and bye for now.